0: or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I am really excited to introduce our guest today. And what we're going to be talking about has to do with this area of listening. And customer satisfaction is the lowest it has been in decades. Customers complain that sales staff and restaurant staff do not listen to them. It seems the number one complaint most customers have is they do not feel they are being listened to, nor do they feel that they are receiving proper responses from businesses. Why is this happening? How serious is this issue? And what can be done? And I think we all probably share those experiences when we're interacting in the real world. Able to discuss this topic and more is Christine Miles, a leading business consultant known as the Listening Guru, and author of the best selling and critically acclaimed book, What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? She says much of the problem is that we listen to what we think we hear rather than what is being said. She says we need to listen to understand and has tips today on how to improve business listening skills. And as we have talked about in this podcast before, listening plays a key role in both the person sharing feedback and the person listening to the feedback. We are thrilled to have you on Be Brave at Work today, Christine.
1: I'm very excited to be here, Ed. Thank you
0: and i think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you're currently interacting in the marketplace what else can we can you tell us about yourself and you know how you are interacting
1: well a little bit about myself to start is that i've been listening differently since the age of 5 so this is a lifelong endeavor Uh, I'm definitely on a mission. There's purpose behind this uh, in terms of making the world a better place as well as driving business results. So I grew up in Hershey and had a father who was an entrepreneur and learned how to listen pretty well to his customers through his early business experiences. So I listened to him tell stories about his his clients uh, and really know them very intimately. So that was powerful. And I had a mother who had psychological issues. Um, She came by very honestly. She had lost her mother from being born. So here was a woman who was very charismatic, very loving, outwardly the very sunny person, but underneath the surface had a lot of pain and it was part of my job to understand that pain. So from an early age, I started to pay attention to things that weren't said. And I can I can pretty much thread any success I've had in life, from the sports field to career and otherwise, has been really because I have this ability to listen differently. That's a little but bit about th- me.
0: No, well, thank you. And you know I think our listeners would be curious to know... What does listen differently look like? If this is something you've been doing since you were five, you know, what what does it look like or feel like? Because most people probably think they listen as they listen and don't know that there are other ways to listen. So what is different listening look like?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's part of the problem that we're told to listen, but not taught. So we treat listening like walking. We have two legs, you'll learn how to listen, I mean, to walk. And if you have two ears, you'll learn how to listen. But listening is really a skill. So I just happen to be exposed to that skill in a very powerful way from a young age. So that's part of what formed me. So it's understandable. And I think we blame the listener. We blame people for not listening well. when We haven't taught them how. There's zero years of education devoted to listening in our school systems. I, I see that as a huge problem. And we're teaching people how to tell, talk, and know from a very early age. Then we go into business and what do we teach them more of about our products, our processes, tell, talk, know, more. And then we're surprised that they go into our customers and don't really know how to listen in a powerful and different way. And what what I mean is listen to understand the meaning And the message and the person, not just to pay attention, but to really uncover something, to discover something in the conversation about the problem, the person or otherwise, that really creates a different kind of outcome.
0: Well, this is one of the reasons I love that we're talking, because I have a similar perspective on bravery. And just like listening, which people did not teach you how to do in junior high, high school or college, and maybe at your company, there was a workshop on listening, and there were some creative ways to get you to listen a little bit more effectively. Bravery as well is not something that we were trained to do in junior high, high school or college. And you know, and when you land your first job, the first thing you have to do is something that requires bravery. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do this. And uh, it, it's almost like going out on a sales call and saying, you know, hey, be a good listener. And you're like, OK, I'll listen. But, you know, what does that mean? Right. And it's, what does it's that mean? Most
1: people. most two percent of people have had any kind of listening training, me included. I have you know a master's in psychology from a pretty ren- renowned uh school and I, I have a cert- certificate from a renowned facility in structural family therapy. That was my first career. Never had a course on listening. So what I've spent the last you know few decades on is really deconstructing what I learned from an early age and how to really simplify that in a way that others could replicate it and i say simple not easy cuz some a skill can be simple but it just takes it also takes practice and that goes to how we interact with the market so what what we me and my company equipped are doing are teaching organizations and people in organizations how to listen in a way that again discovers something different whether that's internally or externally And bravery is part of it, understanding yourself and understanding stories and how to listen to yourself differently, I think helps tap into that, that bravery and to that vulnerability, which makes you more able to listen differently as well.
0: Well, I think if we were both king and queen of the world, we would take the (laughs) skills, the skills that we know we need as adults, like listening, bravery, conflict navigation, delegation, right? All these things that we go to training and learn to do and that so many leaders have trouble doing and teach them better to some degree in junior high, high school and college. See, we would be better prepared to do them because it does feel like at school we learn a lot about the what, history, economics, etc cetera, and not a lot about the how and how do I be you know, become a great listener? How can I be braver? You know, how do I say what I need to say when I need to say it? So, you know, maybe one day we'll wake up and uh, flip the world a little bit so that we can do that. So you have labeled yourself the listening guru. And I'm wondering, you know, what that means to the marketplace? What, what, you know, what is it that you do that provides you that uh, title and recognition?
1: Well, I, I'm going to steal a little bit of what you said here. I think the, the magic is in the how. So the, we often say, people know why. You know, universally, we ask this question a lot, uh, my team and me, who thinks listening is important? I, nobody doesn't raise their hand on that question, right? We know instinctively it's important. We don't know how. And we know a little bit of the what because the world tells us we're supposed to be an attentive listener. Let's attend. Let's show we're paying attention when we listen. So if that were enough, that would be great. But we have this thing called the subconscious brain that's the enemy of listening, telling us to do everything but listen. So what we do is help soothe the subconscious brain and really have the tools to enable people to listen and know how to listen in a different and more compelling way. In the absence of the tools, they're white knuckling it and failing, uh, and it's not their fault because again, we're not taught and we're not equipped. So we we hear seventeen to twenty. We retain seventeen to twenty five percent of what we hear, and what we hear is also not so great. So statistically, we're we're failing miserably, just miserably.
0: So when somebody is looking to be brave in the workplace and say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done, but let's take a conversation per se, you're already at a disadvantage because you as the presenter are not going to listen as well to how the person's reacting, the words they use, the emotion behind the words, and you as the receiver of the feedback are not going to be listening to the other person. You might be shutting down or letting emotion dictate your behavior. So not only is it hard to do, we're also, it sounds from your perspective, disadvantaged in doing it well.
1: Well, because yes, because the brain. Here's part of how the brain's the enemy. Uh, one is we we listen and to argue or defend. That's a natural human instinct that our brain tells us a story. It might be, oh, they're attacking me. They don't understand me. They only saw. They only, they're giving me this feedback in the context of seeing me in one scenario. There's a, there's a subconscious story happening all the time. And so it makes it hard to not go into kind of the, the response of arguing or disagreeing even if we, we lay silent. So how do you overcome those obstacles? How do you overcome those enemies? Again, it's really in the how to do that and not the what, like you said. And it's, it's a muscle. The brain is flexible. We know that now. And we have to build new pathways to do that. The right tools makes it simple. And, and we see transformation happen within a day uh, that people do it. And some of our clients have said, you know, I, this works every time as long as I remember to do it. So that's the hard part is practicing because when we come to this later in life, it's harder to learn something new. Doesn't mean we can't. We just have to make it simple.
0: Well, you remind me of one of my favorite quotes from Stephen Covey, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And it is a quote I use with most of my clients at some point because there's so much listening to respond and not listening through curiosity to really understand where that person's coming from and why they think what they think. But they're already building up, you know, how I'm going to take a different perspective and uh, challenge this person's thought that, of course, the conversation doesn't unfold. The way that we'd like and i think from what i'm hearing from you the brain is somewhat either trained or predisposed to be i don't want to say argumentative but defensive right in respect to things that we're hearing
1: absolutely because the subconscious brain is the emotional brain and the emotional brain is in charge and the emotional brain is telling us a story good or bad, it biases us in every situation in some way, shape or form. And so it becomes a a pretty big enemy of, of our ability to listen. So, knowing how to overcome that, having the right tools. The analogy we use to help people learn this is if you were going hiking or backpacking in the woods for two weeks, you wouldn't go with nothing in your backpack, right? You'd have tools to navigate, to stay safe, to stay hydrated. And what we're doing is we're going into conversation saying, hey, listen even if they're difficult conversations, without any tools to really know how to navigate the woods and really stay safe and come out you know, in a better place. So enabling people with the tools is what we do.
0: Well, I love that metaphor and I'm a big fan of, even though the example has been beaten to death over the last 30 years, the proverbial toolbox, right? Because, uh, and maybe you and I can come up with another, uh, <laughs>
1: We use backpack. That's our, that's our innovation. Yeah.
0: But it's not that any leader has to have three or four or five skills they always use. They need to be able to go to their backpack and based on the situation and based on the relationship and based on the emotion and the top, right? They filter all this and say, okay, here's what I'm going to need for this particular conversation. And tomorrow, I'm gonna have a similar conversation with somebody else, but they're a much different person and we have a much different relationship. So for that one, I'm gonna take out a different tool, right? I wish leaders would recognize that it's not about figuring out your leadership style and doing the same thing all the time, but about versatility in respect to understanding where you are, what you're saying, who you're saying it to, and then saying, what tool do I need? What behavior or style do I need in order to have an effective conversation with this person?
1: exactly and and what my belief is is that listening to understand is the foundation of of really being able to execute the other things it's it's not a replacement it's it's foundational so if you don't have a solid foundation in your house you're going to have a lot of problems when you put the walls up if they're not if the foundation isn't solid so we need the foundational tool to really be able to navigate these these conversations and know which is the right tool to pull out so listening differently is is the beginning of the story
0: well before we get to your uh, bravery story christine i wanted to just chat for a couple minutes about your book the title being what is what it what is it costing you not to listen i'll get it what is it costing (laughs) you not to listen and so what's the premise of the book is this a financial analysis of the fact that if you're not listening well you're losing margin and revenue you know what's the story that you're attempting to tell
1: well it's it's really a handbook to the how so the the solution, the, the last third of the book is what we call the listening path, and that's the, the path to listening to understand. So there are six tools on that path to help you learn how to listen differently. What I have found, though, is that because people know that listening is important, they are, we're not wired to ask, what is it costing us not to listen, that we don't even know we have the problem inherently, even though somebody can say to us, you're a terrible listener. It doesn't really register. <laughs> So, so it is understanding what is what is the impact of not listening, both personally and professionally. So it's a business and relationship book. They do go hand in hand, as we all know. So, so it's really to to uncover what what the meaning of, of your own need to learn how to listen differently, but then also the path how to get there. And the premise is really like I said, I I want to create a movement where listening is is regarded as the most powerful form of communication, not telling, talking, and knowing, where we flip the paradigm and we understand that it's we need to cement this into to our language. We don't have a language around listening, a common language of what it means to be a good listener, and it can really change the game on how relationships happen, organizations solve problems, sell, um, deal with customer problems, you name it. So that's the, that's the mission.
0: Well, I would tell you that in addition to everyone recognizing that listening is important, I think most of us also know when someone else is listening to us well. You, you really know if you're talking to, to somebody about something based on their body language, their questions, their maintenance of their emotions, et cetera, that they're really listening to you to understand what it is you're experiencing. Because we also know when someone's not listening to us and they're distracted by their cell phone or notice somebody walking in the hallway and look away, right, there, their focus isn't there with you. So I certainly hope the work that you're doing and the message that you're bringing to the marketplace continues to resonate. And I'm curious, Christine, if you have a bravery story. So we love when our guests come on and share a story where they did not show bravery in their professional career and what the impact or influence that has had on them. Uh, Do you have such a story that you could share with us?
1: I, I do. And it's kind of ironic. And I think our work is really very um, tied together. So this is a story is a story I sh-
0: about bad listening. <laughs> and actual-
1: well, yeah, in a way. Um, but why, why it's tied is that there's a vulnerability in recognizing you haven't been brave. And I think that's we we call that a best failure. What's a what's a really a failure that we've had that we've learned a great lesson from? And it's one of the stories I tell to to actually show people how li- they might be failing at listening, which which is a little bit of another story. But I was I was young. I I started my career as a home based family therapist at 22. That was my first job out of college, pre master's degree, and then ultimately got I. I got introduced to this stuff called uh, Structural Family Therapy and started working for the la- first five years of my career. So the last stopping point in that aspect of my career was working in a psychiatric hospital, pretty innovative place in Philadelphia called the Child Guidance Center. And I was 25 running the therapy for four families at a time in an inpatient unit. And I was working with a mother and a daughter and um, I had finished a session. We had one-way mirrors. We had teams behind the mirror. It was pretty intense where I had finished a 20-person session behind the mirror, watching me and calling in and saying to the family. And as I was walking the mother and daughter back to the classroom, we stopped in this common area and were still in the therapy session, really, even though we were outside the therapy room. And things started to escalate kind of in tone and pace between the mother and the daughter. And a, a colleague of mine, who was uh, probably twice my age at the time, I was only 25, asked me in that moment if I needed help. And I, I said no, because I felt like she was, just didn't think I could handle it. I told myself a story, oh, she's, I'm, she thinks I'm young and I don't know what I'm doing. So I said no. And as she walked off, within seconds, the mother said something sarcastic to the daughter, and the daughter punched the mother in the face. And, you know, yeah, it was like, what just, you know, it, it escalated so quickly. And, you know, people often ask me, well, how were they? Were they okay? Were they okay? They loved each other, and it was a moment in time. There was no violence in the past between them. We did a therapeutic intervention. We helped them. They were okay after that, but I was not. I went home and I was in a pool of like emotions. And I realized that it was my stubbornness of being willing to accept help that caused that to happen. I didn't see the moment where somebody saw that I needed help. And I, instead of saying, Yeah, help's a good idea here, I went, I got this. Let me do it. And it cost them that moment that they didn't have to experience. Even if they were okay, it wasn't okay with me. So I have used that as a lesson in my career that. Help is strength. It is not. It is not weakness. It is. It is brave to say yes. I need help rather than trying to swim alone. Consequences can happen. People can get hurt.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that story. And I wish we had. Uh, and maybe we will have another podcast conversation with you because uh, saying yes does take bravery. Right? It sounds ironic, but uh, it is something we need to do. And so, looking back on that situation, other than having said yes to the person might i need help uh what could what should you have done differently that you think might have altered the outcome is it pausing is it saying i don't know yet let me th- i mean what what should you have done that might have impacted it differently
1: i think if i had just simply seen that as Just, just help. Like, yeah, come here. That there was no, no dramatic moment would have escalated. They were tired. I didn't recognize that. You know, this was intense work we were doing, and it had just run too long. And I was too close to it to see. So I think, perspective.ly Others see sometimes when we're too close to it, and I just, I just was too stubborn at that moment. So it's that simple. uh, It's just to say it's okay to slow down and to just pause rather than to just keep going, even if, and, and mistakes were okay. And I learned a lot from that mistake. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm sorry for the family that happened, but for myself, I would have made a lot more costly mistakes had I not, not experienced that because I learned to slow down and I learned to say, okay, you see something I don't see. Let me tell me more. Let me find out more. So I think there's great value in the mistakes we make in in the end.
0: Uh, well, and I love that name or title that you use which was a best mistake right that is, is something that influenced positively other things that came later only because that didn't go well the first time
1: if you listen to yourself right that's part that's the tie in that's part of the listening is is listening to those lessons and then carrying them through so that's also part of what we we help people learn how to do is really tap into the insight into things. So they're listening to themselves in a way that that discovers insight as well as to others.
0: Well, Christine, I have loved having you as a guest on Be Brave at Work. And I'm wondering if folks want to talk more about the work that you're doing or are intrigued by the listening differently type Model, how can they get in touch with you or your organization?
1: The, the website is uh dash people, and I'll spell it it's EQ because we are developing EQ EQ U I P T dash people.com. And they can follow me on social media at C Miles Listens.
0: Fantastic. And of course, your book is called What is it costing you not to listen? Thank you so much for joining us today, Christine. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com.